Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Doing what we can on this program to give you a leg up on this crazy thing we call life. Uh, Welcome back to the program. We haven't heard you for what, 20? We haven't been with you for 24 hours, 22 hours. We missed you. Today's a great day. Today we're going to learn about motivating others. You ever just tried to get somebody to do what you want? You're not like evil. You're not maniacal. You're not devilish. You just want your kids to eat their vegetables, right? And you you want to persuade them to eat their vegetables. You you don't want to scare them, okay? I've tried to scare my kids to do stuff like oh, there's a cop. Get your seatbelt on, okay? Now my kids are afraid of cops. Don't you get the ticket if your kid's not wearing a seatbelt? Sure. If they can okay. catch me. If I were your kid, I'd purposely not wear it so you'd get a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's why you're not my kid. Because yeah. you would not be alive. I have ways to make you talk. I just shine my watch in your face. And so there's Thurl Bailey visiting us. And that's on the air now. Hey, uh, Wasn't we just got a great that. visitor. <laughs> Thurl Bailey's in the house. He probably wants to play hoops with me. Thurl Bailey's what? Six foot. 10 basketball star Utah Jazz I could take him he I mean we have a window that goes up like 8 feet he pretty much took up the whole thing <laughs> that was pretty <laughs> he was looking All in. Sudden, this great and also he put his his like hands up over his face like Bullwinkle and it was probably the biggest Bullwinkle I've ever seen ever. that was he's got big hands Here, I, he can probably dunk like me hey Jazz they won Jazz a game. Jazz won a game last yeah, night, speaking did. of Thurl Bailey. Yeah. And, uh, Too bad I, they'll lose tomorrow. Well, I think what they're doing <laughs> is they're getting ready for um, they're getting ready for the Spurs. And I hear that they've been working on their motivation, which mm-hmm. is what we're talking about on the show today. Yeah. Which you know because you have a rundown now. Yes. Yesterday on the show was the first time in a year and a half that we actually gave Skyboy a rundown of big what's going to happen on the show. It was a big promotion. Um, he, we're calling it a promotion. Uh you know, it's a piece of paper. But did it help you feel more motivated knowing what was going to go on? I was so motivated because I'd look to see what was coming up next in the yeah. rundown. We got I, comments. I couldn't wait to get there. We had comments. Uh, people called in. A few people wrote. They said they've never they heard. They wrote letters? Uh-huh. They've, oh, they got here fast. <laughs> well, they, they, they overnighted. They wrote email. <laughs> uh, they sent an email, right? Uh, but they said they've never heard Sky so involved. You know, they it's, said it's, it's, it's almost like he was awake the entire show. It's almost like he stayed the entire show. I did stay the entire show, and I was awake the entire show, so their assessment was true. So motivation is working. Motivation is working. It's totally working. Um, we're doing the show today. Again, a lot of times Sky thinks these shows are about him. You usually tell me they're about me. So, Well, no, <laughs> but what we've learned that this is more about merit trying to scope the entire show and teach us how to be better. So Merritt is trying to motivate us today, so we're having a show on motivation. Right? Obviously. I think that deep into everything I do. Do you know what? We, do you look right behind you. <laughs> Tall, dark, and handsome. Come here. Thurl Bailey is in the room. How are you, brother? Good, good. good, to, see you? You. good to see good. you. Good to see you. Put the mic up. Can I raise this seven up feet, please. About two more feet. <laughs> how, are you, how tall are you for real? I'm seven feet even. Are you really? Yeah. You look about six... 11. Uh, well, almost. You need to stand up. I'm well, I know. Much bigger. <laughs> what are you doing here? I am just, uh, I'm here just trying to find out how, what you guys do here and okay. how you work. And You're not hanging and... with Don, are you? I am. 
Okay. Don's showing me the ropes. You know what? Because Don was talking smack about you yesterday. He was you know, saying, I think Thurl's coming around or something, but I want to play him in one-on-one. Well, he challenged me. You know, we're going to go out back here. Yeah. I'm Watch gonna... his back, though. He's got a horrible back. <laughs> right, Don? Hey. <laughs> Just kidding. Thurl, I want you on the show. Will you come on the show soon? I will. I will. Because you, I, know when, you have – you're teaching about fathers and the role of a daddy. You've heard. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I've read. I've seen. Well, the police said I have to go to your class. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to hear about it because I, I know you're the man. I would love to be on your And show. by the way, we thought it was because of you that the Jazz won yesterday. It wasn't because of me because I was there the other seven games Were you? too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now let's just do something really fast, Thurl. Skyboy here, uh, who runs our board, he is in love with the Spurs. And See ya. I know. <laughs> I know. So I want you to tell him why tomorrow, even though the Spurs are, I think, first in the West right now, the, 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 and the Jazz are the last in the, in the West, I think. Just tell him why you're pretty sure the, the Jazz will beat See, him. See, why you had to throw all the other stuff out? Spurs are the first, Jazz are the yeah. last. Now i got to try to convince him all it. the stuff in the middle. Well, this is what he's been telling me all day. So just give him something to motivate him and everyone else. Just, we just want to hear the You're pro. a young man. I mean, well, Jazz have a young team. Yes. They're hungry. Yes. San Antonio Spurs, they've got They're old. four guys They're over 50. They're old. I mean, sure, some <laughs> of them will be, you know, Hall of Famers or whatever. Yeah. But whatever. And, you know, the last few times that the Spurs have come, Coach Popovich hasn't brought Tim Duncan. Yeah. He's told him to go home and go He's, to bed. I think it's because they're afraid, don't you think, Thurl? I think they're so. They're afraid too. to bring him. Yeah. Because yeah. we'll break him. I don't know. We'll break him down. No, or Tim, Tim already had his rest the other day. So he's had his rest for the week. See, trust me, I know. <laughs> Thurl, I need you around here more <laughs> because he doesn't listen to me. He you listens coming to, to the you. game tomorrow. I am he coming is. to the game. You need tomorrow. to come up and see me on my show. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. How do I do that? Fifth floor, fifth, floor. fifth level. One of the corners. It's the We're west. Across from double east. S. Double, double S. Double I will come see you. Come see me. Right. His name is Skyboy Thurl. You can call Sky me Skyboy. Yeah, yeah. Don't wear Spurs jersey. By the way, he also wears a cape. You'll see him. He wears tights and a cape. Oh, I have seen you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Usually he's got a cop escorting him. It's pretty cool. Thanks, Thurl. Thank you. Good luck talking to Don. All right. See you guys. Good luck, Don, playing Thurl. Yeah. Break a leg. Thurl Bailey in the house. How cool is that? So, see how he just shut you up? Can I tell a quick story about Thurl Bailey? What? I saw him speak at this church event um, when I lived in California. And they have like a little uh, little podium. They yeah. have the podium that they speak on, and then like a little step stool for the little kids when they uh-huh. talk. And he got up there and he stood up on it. Did he really? Yeah, just and just acted so all normal. So he's seven foot. He's, he's like he's foot. like eight foot, eight foot and a half. It was really funny. Uh, he's and by the way, he sings. Does he dance? I don't know, and I didn't dare ask. You should have like had a dance off. Well, with him. I mean, I was gonna dance off with him, but I, you know, I'm sore. Ever since I got my massage, I got a massage this week. Have we talked about this? A lot. (laughs) It hurt. Hey, here's something, and just a little sideline, because we've already been sidelined. What does it mean when your massage therapist says, dude, what are you doing to your body? (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what she said. I'm like, what? She says, you owe your body. Your body's now screaming back that you owe it. Bodies don't scream. Throats scream. I'm just, you know. But she's... (laughs) Okay, but just so you know, she's the pro. Not yes, uh, but I also have a body. <laughs> yeah. Touche. By the way, she has a body too. <laughs> hey, uh, that just seems like it's weird. You just shouldn't tell a guy half-dressed, like, dude, what are you doing with your body? You shouldn't say that. Just, to, I mean, 
I am a PhD. <laughs> you you are a doctor. And the doctor in me says, you don't do that. Can I just point out, we are getting very distracted from our rundown, and I think we should get back on task. <laughs> okay, see, Merritt, that's what happens when you motivate somebody that's clueless. Have we even gone over types of persuasion? We're talking about right now. Let's, let's well, stay on task. Well, Bailey was in the house. Yeah, no, that's true. We can make an exception, but now our A block is shortened, so we should get back to the matter at hand. By the way, did you notice that you just shut right up the minute? I, <laughs> that's the greatest <laughs> moment of my life. See, that's an example of motivation. If because, you're an NBA player, Matt, I'd probably respect you a little bit more. Did you see him, though? <laughs> he was not, mad at you. Not a little more. You would probably yeah. respect him. <laughs> yeah. At all. Period. <laughs> there would be some modicum of respect. But you shut right up. It's he walks Bailey. in the room and it's like, oh, why? When am I going to get that respect from you? You grow about two more feet. Which you, way? That way. Up. Okay. Yeah. Maybe Height. actually less in that way. Oh my! Gosh. You could lose two feet of width. This was the greatest moment that. because you shut up and you were like, uh, you just you were quiet about the Spurs. No, the Spurs are good. Whatever. Whatever, Mister well, Bailey. Whatever. He has his own show. I, I don't want to argue. But with for him. sure, go see him. It's a pretty cool show. All right, I'll go. And he'll wait. Is, is it before or is it after? It's all the way through. All the way through. And then, like, during the game, he'll just sit there watching the game on the set. And then security will say, hey, get away from him. Is it for the local yeah. station? It's, it's the here? jazz play-by-play show for – so the, they do play-by-play down on, the, down on the court, and then they throw go it up to, to these guys, yeah. and they talk. It's like yeah. – yeah, okay. For all you listeners out there, we just took you on a little trip through Jazzland. Merritt, now let's get back to you, and because our highly motivated Skyboy is pointing it out, uh, apparently there are different ways to persuade. Yeah, like me yeah. threatening my children, that's one way. That is one way, yes. Yes. Are there, are there other ways? Yeah, you could you could use reverse psychology. My, that's my favorite. Yeah. yeah, I've noticed. Yeah, it works a lot yeah. on kids. Um, you could always like toss out statistics. Yeah. You know, like if you say, well, say your kids, like 70% of kids clean their rooms. You don't want yeah. to. <laughs> Mine would, that Do, wouldn't work. Would they be too skeptical? Uh, and I would say Lots something like, more like uh, Jazz have only won one game this season. Spurs <laughs> have only lost one game this season. So according to the statistics, Spurs will probably win. Or like according that. to the statistics, it's time for the Spurs to lose. <laughs> I just I just became a Spurs fan. Right there. Did you? It's done. <laughs> See how malleable you are? How easy persuasion so is. So easily. Oh, anyway, keep going, man. You could use the guilt trip. I like that one, too. I know. That's always a good one. That's moms and grandmas are the yeah, best. That's oh. the martyr. Whatever. No, you guys eat. No, it's you fine. Eat. It's fine. I'll just last be, week. It's fine. I'll just be alone doing my yeah. thing. So like, oh, mom, come on. <laughs> yeah. But then I'm like, all right, do what you got to do, mom. Um, here's another one. Kind of similar to the guilt trip, but like emotional manipulation. Yeah. Okay, here's a great example. Okay. You know yeah. that that commercial where Sarah McLaughlin sings. <sighs> Do you want to sing the song, Skyboy? In angel. the eyes, uh, in the arms, arms of an angel. Oh, you have to in save those puppies, Sky. <laughs> no. no, no, but but you have to imagine in your mind a one-eyed schnauzer just just sadly looking at you. Uh. It is the Saying, every time that's turned on, I'm like, but you're you watch. <laughs> And I don't even like dogs or animals. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Oh, the good. one where they have like the puppies that are like yeah. all sad. Yeah. And, uh, oh, see how slow that was. Sad puppies. <laughs> that took him I, I was trying to remember what something. song you were talking about. Well, did you not hear me singing it? Yeah, that didn't help a whole lot. I was trying to sing it without my opening my mouth, so you wouldn't know I was singing. Because <laughs> you wanted them to think it was me singing it. Yeah, try and talk like that. <laughs> 
Uh, that is, I think that's manipulative. You think so? Because they're, you know they're going for the, oh. I know. Yeah. They're getting right But I mean, there. it works. That's why they use it. I know. It's yeah. like whenever there are puppies involved, people are going to take action. That, like some of those crime shows, shows like, what are they? Night line. No, 20, what are they? The ones that uh, always talk uh, about the crime scene and. No, but the ones that are like news oriented and they take a real story and they go through and they tell the story of someone that was murdered. Bethany Jones was found yeah. dead and they tell the whole story for one hour and they just kind of use music and I know. Like, like and then this guy showed up like <gasps> Yeah. See? You're like, oh, he must have done it. That's he the did it. He <laughs> they totally keep teasing did it. you. They tease you, but they do it because it works. Yeah. Well, and here's another way you can yeah. motivate people. Probably not the best, but fear. Oh works. yeah. Yeah. Fear works. It just it eventually it doesn't work when you're no longer afraid. Yeah. You know, you can pay for motivation. You can bribe your kids. <laughs> I bribe them, and then I'll just, I have kids that make more money than I do now, and they're like, whatever, Dad. You can't <laughs> afford me. You can't afford me, Sky. Do you have something? Um, well, we have two minutes left. We've oh, been on one my heavens. <laughs> I didn't say anything, but you asked me. Okay. <laughs> We've got to disincentivize. <laughs> we have to, we have we, to we persuade have to demotivate him. Skyler. Okay, let's just go over fast what our roles are on this show. <laughs> Merritt would be the executive producer. Okay. She is the one that we would all le- look to to know when to move on. Oh, you didn't clarify that yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday, no. well, you kind of made it sound like I was in charge of we that. We let you be in charge yesterday, even though Bryce was in charge yesterday. Well, then you have to tell me that I'm not in charge anymore. I'll, okay. put the, I'll, Let's just I'll, look at I'll play my game. You're I'll disengage. not in charge anymore. Do you hear me? All right. Yep. Now, okay. here's the deal, though. It doesn't mean we still want you involved. We still want you awake, alert. We still want some interaction. Just well. not Spurs related. <laughs> We want you, but we want you motivated as part of the show. We were afraid that when you, when we you lost got, you. You got to give me another incentive. I was pretty stoked about the rundown promotion. Can I have like another promotion or something? Yeah. Somebody get him a pen I'll promotion. Get you, I'll get you a water. Yeah. Yes. Here's a pen. Here's a you marker a promotion. Water, marker. We're also let you mark your paper. Okay. Mark I'll it. mark. I'll mark it. And then afterwards, maybe we can go over the topics we missed. I won't bring it up. No, that, that might be great. <laughs> During the show. <laughs> Isn't this weird? Because how long have we tried to motivate him? You know, I like this. This is amazing. Somebody else is looking at the rundown now. I think it's because it he feels excited. guilt. It's guilt. He feels guilty because he missed a week. I feel special because I made a rundown and Sky's looking at it. Sky she loves your day. rundowns. I know. I was just never given one before. I'm telling you guys, that's why we had the topic yesterday. Yeah. Merit, we, we know what you're trying to tell us. It's an intervention. Merit's subtly trying to... What's tomorrow's show? Tomorrow is Friday, so we'll right. be running your <laughs> There's no show. There's no show. So she's not telling us anything tomorrow. Monday? Do you know what Monday's show is? Monday's show. You know, I haven't thought that far ahead yet. Does it have anything to do with hair that needs to be cut? It might, yeah. Okay, see? Again, she's trying to tell us something. Are we going to talk about gray hair also? or Just red hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Seriously. Yeah? You have something you want to say? <laughs> Ah, I'm so motivated to get you right now, but I have nothing. You should channel that motivation into the rest of the show, Matt. Okay, so the rest of the show, we're talking about motivating others. Now, we know you don't have these problems. We know that, okay? Somehow we need to move the people in our lives so that they don't, you know, do stupid things so they eat their vegetables. We want them healthy. We want Sky to be happy and positive and 
That's why we're here. We're talking motivation right here on the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back with Bryce Tobin's rant. Uh, how not to be manipulated or manipulative, probably. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about motivating others. You know, so much of our life is about we got to deal with people. We get to influence them. And a lot of times you want to, you know, you want to make life a little bit easier if you could just get somebody to quit doing something or do something more. Our own Bryce Lamar Tobin. Still still not Lamar. Levine. That's fine. Levine. Bryce Levine Tobin. I think that's more last name. I don't know if anyone has. I know. I'm trying to figure it out. But remember, we don't know if Bryce or is your first name, middle name. What do we know? That's the question. So, Bryce, um, you apparently want a little insight from the team. I want a little. I want to. I want your feelings on this. I may have an ethical dilemma. You, you, you manipulated somebody. You don't regret it. But should I regret it? But should you regret it? Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce's right. They say those who win the war are the ones who get to write the history books. This saying assumes that those who don't write the story are the ones who lost. It's possible, but what if the losers wanted things to go that way, and they don't really care what the winners write? You see, when it comes to manipulation, the good ones do it without anyone noticing. So then is it bad that I want to be that good at manipulation? I'll tell you a story from my life and let me know what you think. So I get to college all those years ago. I'm an ignorant freshman running around like everything is new and beautiful again. There's smart, attractive single girls around every corner. Corner. It's like when you bring a dog to a room they've never been in before. They have to check out every little thing, and they can't pay too much attention to this thing because there's something over there that they haven't checked out yet. Hardcore social ADHD. Well, it just so happened I found one girl who was particular to my liking. I began to woo her. It was a long campaign with many moments alluding to a grim outcome. In the end, though, I found victory. It seemed like I had a new girlfriend, and things were looking up. But I'd made a critical error. And this was a big moment for me in my life. It was the first time I really noticed this problem that I've encountered in my wooings. I get a little too focused on winning the girl, and I lose sight of who the girl is. So things get started, and I quickly realize we're going to have compatibility issues, and it's all my fault. Real quick, put yourself in her shoes. She's just moved away from home. She started college. She's been through an emotional roller coaster with these two guys, which I can only assume was pretty stressful. And things are finally going to settle down a little bit, and now the one guy that she chose wants out? Yeah, that'd be pretty awful. So here's what I decided to do. Instead of being honest and causing a big mess, I decided to be a below-average boyfriend. I wasn't awful, I just wasn't as good as I could have been. Then she'd be the one to break up with me. It only took three days before she decided enough was enough and we'd better break up. We went for a walk, she broke the news to me, I put on my best sad face, and she was surprised by how understanding I was through the whole ordeal. So at the end of it all, as far as she was concerned, she broke up with me, I was left brokenhearted, and we could all get on with our lives. She got to feel like she got the better end of the stick. I got my breakup without becoming the bad guy. I regret nothing. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. What a predicament. It not, was. It's not a rant. And it's you're not ruminating. Your question, you, you I want some insight. It's kind of like a confession. It was a more like bit. a confession. A confessional. Bit. Let's call that the confessional. Confessional. Um Well, how did you feel in the end? You felt uh, I won, so it was great. What would have been the harm to just maybe more directly just communicating? I mean, I could have faked my own death. Well, let's go through that. You could have killed yourself or faked a death. 
you could have um, disappeared, faked a kidnapping. I could. I could have joined the military. You could have joined the military. You could have had a tragic, supposed tragic accident okay. that impaired you and made you lose your memory. Ah, the old amnesia switcheroo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess there's a lot of things you you could have talked to her about what, though? but you were afraid that talking to her would blow her up. Would have made him the bad guy. No, would have made me the bad guy. Keep in yeah. mind, this is utterly selfish. <laughs> this is me we're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. I think the mere fact you're asking would just pretty much say, yeah, you shouldn't have done it. Yeah, but all things considered, it went well. For a manipulation, it went very well. Okay, well, okay. It was see. I guess that's the interesting thing because most of dating, I would probably say, is manipulating. Definitely, right. Then the funny thing is, you eventually have to live with forever the one you manipulated, <laughs> and sort it all out. Hey, I thought, I thought oh, that's weird because I thought that I was your first kiss. Like, oh, about about that. Yeah, uh, you were pretty close. <laughs> you, you almost, you just, you just almost skated right in there. But... I wouldn't call the other ones kisses, even though there was lip to lip contact. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have to ask the pro about that. But I'm thinking, you know, maybe you need to still get good at just delivering the bad news. Uh, and you maybe. know the, the way you do it is you're like it's not you it's me oh uh, see that's the worst way you that's the greatest line ever made okay so i feel like he did the dating thing because it seems like usually when you yeah. date someone and break up what you do is you try it out and then you realize it's not going to work yeah, like, this is bad until somebody decides to break it off so that's considering just... it only lasted three days i don't feel like that's so bad no but see so i guess it's like let's just kind of reverse it in another setting the you really have a fun date and he loses your number and he can't find your number supposedly okay. and he never calls again that would be unfortunate you see to me that's a little manipulative maybe it'd be better to just say not feeling it <laughs> yes but keep in mind my generation we're not about actually dealing with our problems we're just about skating by just enough yeah to get what we want. So yeah. that, I mean, that's yeah. good and all, but that's not what's yeah, but So what you're saying, us. generationally, this is a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. You could do the same thing with your job. You could just like... Certainly. You, you know, fake something. I mean, I could, I could you know, get ready to, to quit or something or... I not could, show up for a week. I, yeah. Something like that. And so uh, you could... You could do that or – and then your boss fire you. But that's not yeah. – but then you're the bad guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, my generation would just say, why don't we just talk about it? Let's just be grown up, you and me. Come on. Uh, we, we need to talk. Maybe that's what we need to – well, let's have a show on growing up. You know, skipping a generation. Grow up a bit. You know, it's a manipulation. I don't know. I mean, again, it worked. She didn't know except for now she does because we talked about it on the radio. I was ambiguous enough. Anyone can assume anything now. So it was probably more like a three-year marriage <laughs> instead of hey, a three-day date. You don't know about my past. I look like I'm 30. You don't know how old I, know, I am. That's so true. Uh, well, what we're going to do, let's just ask the pro, okay? We're going we're gonna to come back. We're going to talk to a woman that's written the book on this. She's going to help us through getting, you know, getting the, getting through, not manipulating per se, even though we all do it, uh, but motivating others. Wine shank. Dr. Susan Weinshank is going to be joining us. She's going to give us the insight. 
on, uh, you know, how do we actually motivate and persuade others? This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are talking about motivating others, trying to get people, you know, to do stuff. Uh, Bryce just had a question, you know, he got a girl to break up with him, do the dirty work, just because he wasn't, you know, he just he didn't want to be the bad guy, so he was the, he was the bad guy. He was the bad partner, and in the end... So good. Ooh, what was that? And in the end, being a bad partner, she's like, I'm done with you. I'm not going to be with you. So he, he was able to blow up a three-day relationship without being the bad guy. Right, Bryce? Indeed. Your question is, should you feel bad about that? Your motivation process worked. You demotivated her. You disincentivized her quickly to not want you. And you didn't have to be the bad guy. I call that a win-win. I mean, it may be. Uh, maybe just in the end, it seems like, you know, sometime you got to learn to do it other ways. Right? I might have to grow up at some point, but... Well, but maybe not. <laughs> but hopefully never. Yeah. So let's ask the pro. Let's ask the pro. Sky, did you have something to add to that? Well, I was going to say, I think also, when you break up with someone, you kind of feel like you won, almost. Like, because people always ask, did you break up with them or did they break up with you? Like, like, oh, I broke up with them. Did you proactively get your life together or did they crush your soul? I think in a way he's doing her a favor because now she comes out the big man on top. Like, she ended it. I've never seen relationships as like a competition like that. But I can see what you mean. Yeah. I mean, we were freshmen. But yeah. We were idiots. Yeah. But. You were immature young. But now, but it's interesting because you're positing the question and now we'll get the pro to answer it. Precisely. That's why we brought her on. Dr. Susan Weinshank is joining us. She has a PhD in psychology, over 30 years of experience as a behavioral psychologist. Her clients call her the brain lady, which uh, that I'm sure is a compliment because she applies her research on the brain science to predict and understand and explain what motivates people and how they behave. She's the author of several books, including How to Get People to Do Stuff which is what we're talking about today. You can find out more about Susan um, on her website at theteamw.com, theteamw.com. Susan, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi, it's good to be here. It's so good to, it's so good to have you. We need a pro here. Now, were you? I, I felt like I'm walking into a hornet's nest on this one. Well, no, this was just a funny little moment. Not funny, but it was just a bad, not, not even bad. It was an example. <laughs> One of our producers brought up that, you know, we just found it easier to kind of, in a way, manipulate the situation so the girl broke up with him instead of him having to break up with the girl. Is that... That, now, what, so you're you're the motivation expert, and a lot of times people will throw out anytime you know you're trying to manipulate. Everyone uses that as such a bad term. I guess it is, but the reality is, it seems like a lot of what we do in relationships with each other, in persuading and motivating people, is to kind of manipulate. Yeah, it's really tough. You know, I actually I address this in the very first chapter. Of my book. Did you? Usually when, yeah, because usually when I start talking about, you know, how to persuade people, how to motivate people, 
someone always asks, wait a minute, wait a minute, uh, is this ethical? Aren't you manipulating people? And you know what? It's a great question, and and I don't, I'm not going to say I have all the answers, yeah. but I think you do have to stop and ask yourself, uh, you know, why why am I, what is it I'm trying to get someone to do? Yeah. And why am I trying to get them to do it? And, you know, I, I think that's, you know, you got to decide whether what you're doing is, is fair, honest, and, and just. Yeah. Um, that's what and, we talked about is maybe it would be better to actually communicate and, and, Grow through it, and and he says, yeah, that was when he was young. He's trying to mature. Yeah, I ultimately you, you got to talk about it, and I mean, you know, seriously, if if you have to manipulate someone to get them to break up with you, I think the relationship is, you know, doomed. So let's yeah. just be, yeah. I mean, it is just, you know, it, lay it, the cards on the table and get right. it over with. It's interesting because um, when you think about it, there, there's something about our relationships in general, we want to influence people. And I love that you brought up ethics and and the ethical side of it is like, what's my goal? And I love that you're saying we need to question what our intention is because the intention itself will, will say if the manipulation is starting to become something, you know, unethical, immoral, inappropriate versus you know, just the style we're using to do something. We need to know what our intent is. Is it harmful or not? Yeah, and I, I think that's a, you know, I think over our lifetimes we we grow, hopefully we grow in insight and we we start to understand that in the long run uh, the intention is really important. And, yeah. and, you know, it comes back to us, right? I mean, right. it comes back to you. If you, if you do things out of, out of uh, compassion and understanding for yourself as well as for others, I personally, I just believe that's a better way to live your life. And I think you, yeah. you'll end up richer for it. Yeah. And and you probably end up in more whole relationships. I mean, I think of parents are constantly trying to influence their kids. Do your homework. Get this one assignment done because you don't want to... If you don't get this one assignment done, it's going to be harmful to you. And it's not like we're doing that to get... Con- to be controlling per se, we're doing that because we we want what's best. The hard part is actually motivating another is in almost inherently saying, "I need you to be something you don't want to be right now, or you're not, or you don't see the need to be." We're so we're actually trying to change someone else. Yes, it's true. It's true, and and you know, I don't think we can. Uh, I I don't think we can or should run away from that. I think a lot of what we do in a in a day, whether it's with um, our children or our spouse or the people we work with is is trying to um, influence their behavior and i don't i don't see anything wrong with that no um, you know and again i think it comes back to intention and and so you know if you're going if you're going to be doing that then what i say is you might as well understand the science behind it and and try to do it effectively so get us into the science a bit um Talk, talk a little bit about motivation. There, you, in your book, talk about seven drivers to motivation. Seven, I guess, so you're saying that inherent kind of in the human are seven paths? Inherent in for people, there, there's seven different things that motivate people. And if you understand, and, and there's things like uh, the need to belong, uh, instincts, 
um, stories, uh, etc. And if you understand what each of the seven are, then in a given situation with a, with a particular person, you can actually decide, okay, given what I know about this person and the situation, which of these seven motivators is going to be the best one to use right now? What should, you know, it's my toolkit. Yeah. What should, should I reward them? Should I uh, uh, encourage the, the desire for mastery? Should I bring up, you know, social uh, effects because that will be the need to belong? I mean, which one is going to be the best hmm. in order to help me influence that person's behavior in this situation? I love that. It seems like we, we probably intuitively have recognized some of these and we kind of go to them regularly. Like that's why we use the – we give it the great, you know, pump-up speech. That we tell this incredible motivating story, and we probably have learned that some people just want a reward. Um, start walking us through some of them so that we can connect our experiences to your seven. What what are some of the what are some of the drivers? Well, you know, I want to. I'm going to talk first about rewards because kind of every that's like a go to one. Yeah, you sure. Know? The, the you want to get someone to do something right. You want to get your employees to sell more. You want to get. Your kids do their homework, you know, whatever it is, we tend to reach for rewards because we understand because they were, you know, probably someone used a reward when we were little. But actually, interestingly, as powerful as rewards can be, they're actually not some of the most powerful of the seven. Hold on, really? So that yeah. the old carrot stick, is that, I mean, rewards would be the the carrot, that's right. And Approach. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. but it's one. It's not. It's not one of the most powerful motivators. Oh, interesting. No, okay. Tell us more about that yeah. then. Well, first of all, if you're going to use rewards, you, you need to use them correctly in terms of the of the science behind them. So, for instance, uh, it, it's much more effective to only give a reward sometimes rather than to give a reward every time they're doing the behavior. Oh, interesting. So you want you want a reward like let's say you you know you want your kid to do their homework it to when they're really young and you want to establish doing your homework you might reward them every time for like a week but then you got to back off because if you reward them every time now they're just doing it for the reward and when you stop rewarding them they'll stop doing the homework oh, it's yeah. like wait a minute where's my reward so if you want behavior to last over a long time. You have to only reward a little bit. You actually have to do what the casinos do. Yeah, win sometimes. you got to have a little risk factor. You never know what's coming out. You know, I don't know when I'm going to get the reward. So I better do this behavior a lot because one of these times I'm going to get the reward, but I don't know which time it is. Oh, that's fascinating. Right? It, it's funny so as humans. But it seems like we would just get stuck in the, you know, you get good grades every quarter, I'll give you a dollar per A. Yeah. Well, and that. That'll that'll work somewhat, but you know. But you're talking, the, uh, but make it like doing something they have to do every day. Hey, if you make your bed every day, I'll give you a, a, a sucker. Yeah. Well, now, now I've just tied work. it. That kid will not make his bed if he doesn't get a sucker in five years. That's right. That's right. You you have not established you know bed bed making behavior for yeah. a lifetime. That's for sure. Which his wife will pay for for years. <laughs> She'll be giving him a sucker every day to make the bed. So give us some more insight. That is, to me, the, the rewards one is the one that we, it seems that we try to play a lot on our kids. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, rewards work really well with um, with animals 
and small, very small children, <laughs> as long as you understand the science. But, you know, especially as kids get older and you get into adults, it works okay, but it's not the most powerful. You know, the, one of the most powerful ones um, that I suggest people use is what I call self-stories. Hmm. Tell about it. What so, is that? Well, <clears throat> there's this great um, book called Redirect by Timothy Wilson, and he's done this research on on stories. And so what we know about people is we all walk around with these stories in our heads about ourselves mm-hmm. that we... And, and and it describes, you know, who we are and why we do what we do. I mean, some of these stories are, are conscious, some of them are unconscious, and we have a lot of them, right? I have a story about, you know, what I'm like as a professional, and I have stories about what I'm like as a mom, etc. And what we know is that um, it's really important to people that they feel that they have that they have consistency in their story. It makes them really uncomfortable. Mm. You'll be really uncomfortable if you do something that goes against a self-story. Right. Okay? That'll make you uncomfortable. So if you want to change someone's behavior for, in the, for the long term, if you can get them to change one of those stories that they're telling themselves, huh. that's going to change forever. That, that could be it. You can those permanently change forever if you can get them to change a story. And there's a couple ways that you can get someone to change a story. One way is get them to take a small action that doesn't fit with the current story. Hmm. Get them to do something that doesn't doesn't fit. Uh, I'll give you a really simple example. Yeah. Um, I was. Uh, you remember back, well, it's still true, I guess, where some people really like Apple computers and some people yeah. really like PC computers. Right. Right? So I was a PC person years and years and years. Ah, Apple computers, they were for like, you know, artsy people, yeah. not for me. Weirdos. Know? So <laughs> I'm never going to buy an Apple, right? Yep. That, was my, that was one of my stories. Sure, sure. Right? Well, my kids wanted an iPod when they first came out. Oh, see, the kids and bring I, it in. Yeah, the kids bringing it. So I got him an iPod, and I thought, that's kind of cool. Maybe I want an iPod. And then I thought, well, I can't do an iPod. It's an Apple product. You know? Yeah. But it's, not, but it's not a computer. So I bought an iPod. Now, see, I call this the, the crack yeah. in the story. Here strategy. we go. So I, I took one little action and bought that iPod. You know, today, years later, there every device that Apple has ever made is in my house. See, okay? I, oh. have, I have iPods, I have, I have shuffles, I have Apple TV, yeah. I have iPads. I mean, you even wait in line when they launch a new product too, don't you? I do, I do. <laughs> so you know, I did this huge turnaround. Yeah. I totally changed my whole self story around that just because I took one little action. So if you want people to change. Identify one little thing you can get them to do because then, you know, it's going to make them uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. You're going to have to resolve it, and they'll likely resolve it by changing the story. I love it. We're learning how to motivate. And by the way, and that's so that's so real to every human being. Every human's got – my son's got a story. Oh, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at this. That's right. If you can just that's get right. him to get some data that invalidates that idea and validates another idea, you can maybe turn it. Yeah, you can absolutely. shift them. Man, okay, we've got to take a break. We're talking with Dr. Susan Weinshank. Uh, she's the author of the book, How to Get People to Do Stuff. 
you got to go to her website, the Team W, the Team W.com. We'll be right back. We're learning more about uh, motivating others, rewards, stories. We're getting into all of it. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about motivating other people, getting people to, you know, move, to change. Oh, you all right over there, Sky? You like that little yeah, robot Yeah, I'm doing great. Why do you ask? Well, you were just shaking like something was wrong. Nope. Everything's okay. Um, kind of looked like a seizure. No, it wasn't a seizure. You were just dancing. I don't know if it was dancing. If I was dancing, you'd know well, I'm I was pretty dancing. sure it wasn't dancing. I know dancing. <laughs> that was not dancing. <laughs> anyway, uh, we've got a very motivated Sky Boy lately. Um, you know, takes a week off and then he comes back and I've never seen you more engaged. So that's exciting. I was promoted to the rundown for a little while. You get to use, you're still promoted to it. In fact, today we even gave you a marker. I'm just not promoted to use it during it, the show. Well, no, it's just not your role. It's not my it's role. It's actually Merritt's job. I'm so promoted. I have the rundown. In my you have hands. the rundown. I'm promoted, so I've been more motivated because I've been given more responsibility. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got a piece of paper. <laughs> um, we're talking with a great guest. Dr. Susan Weinshank is joining us. She's the author of the book, How to Get People to Do Stuff. They also call her the brain lady. And it's not because she has an unusually large head. It's because she gets the research on the brain. And the science behind the brain. And she can, by understanding that, people become fairly predictable or a little more predictable and understandable. So she's trying to teach us today the real science behind motivating other people. It comes from her book, How to Get People to Do Stuff. I would check out the book. Uh, I, I talk to a lot of authors on here, and there's some books that I just want to read right now, but I'm interviewing her, so I can't get all the way through it right now. Go check out the book at theteamw.com, and welcome back, Susan, to the show. Thank you. Fill us in a little bit more. You were talking before we left two approaches. One approach that most of us tend to use is the reward. You know, you give some reward. I've actually seen people give uh, their child a candy bar every time they hit a double or, you know, Twinkie for a triple kind of a thing. Yeah. And I, yeah. you, you can see how eventually that's going to cause a problem. Right? Yeah. And yeah. you talked about the fact that the rewards aren't usually – that's not the best long-term kind of motivator. Uh, but one motivator you were, you were talking about before we left was the fact that we have stories. Everybody kind of wants to have a, an, a, an integrated story about themselves that, that they can carry throughout their lives. And you're suggesting, you know what, one way to motivate somebody is try to impact their story. Yeah. And you also mentioned this idea of have somebody take part of their story and, you know, test it. Yeah, you can actually, you can get people to uh, uh, rewrite a story. Yeah. Just just say, you know, because when you think about it, whatever's going on in your life, there's multiple ways to look at it, right? Right. I mean, you can, you know, let's say that you have... Uh, a, a breakup with a with a girlfriend or your or your boyfriend, and you and you, you know, you could you can 
tell yourself a story, you know, I, I'm a failure at relationships. Yeah. It's never going to work. No one, you know, no your one last ever chance. understands me. Right. Uh, I'm going to be alone the rest of my life. And, you know, you, and you're probably, you know, a lot of people do tell themselves that story. Right. And if they tell themselves that story, they're going to start to behave that way, right? Yeah, they're totally. Out, and I meet people. But you can actually, you know, I, what I work with people a lot, I say, well, let's, you know, that's one. It's that's one way to look at it. Way to look at it. Yep. But what's another way? What's another way? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm careful about who I go out with, and I want to make sure I pick the right person. And I'm, I'm open to relationships, but I'm, I know, I know what's important to me. Yeah. And some relationships are going to work out, um, and some aren't, and that's okay. I'm still who, who you know, I am confident in who I am. I mean, you could, yeah, it's a different story. Right. And that's going to lead to different behavior, right? If that's the story in your head, you're going to act differently. Well, and I think even just the fact that you're questioning the story, um, a lot of us just self-validate, don't we? We we like our story, so then we only look for data <laughs> to justify our story, Ew. and we, yeah, ex- we, we get rid of all other yeah. data. So that's what you're saying is go yeah. go gather other data. Go yeah. test the hypothesis and prove yourself wrong. The see, oh, weird, that wasn't your last chance ever on Earth to meet another person. Right, right. I love that. Right. And that motivates us. And I guess in one of our most core ways, which is just our identity of you know, our story of who we are. Yeah. Huh. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I forever – and help me with this one. Because I truly believed all my life – I still, even to this day, believe that um, my gene pool was not necessarily designed to do math. We're not math people. Mm-hmm. That's That's mm-hmm. honestly what I believed. Mm-hmm. And I, and then I try. I got a doctor, and you know how hard getting through statistics and all that stuff. That's not easy, mm-hmm. especially when you have the bug, we called it, the <laughs> math problem. But I, it's funny. My kids, I see, are picking up on that story. Yeah. And I even wrote in my book a way that one of my teachers blew it up by just poking her little finger in my chest and saying, well, because I said, yeah, Townsends don't do math. And she poked her little cute chubby finger right in my chest and she said well this townsend does and right then she was just saying blow up your story dude yeah move on so now i'm making my kids read my book (laughs) but i can't get them to read it because they're not motivated (laughs) well don't pay them to read it that's it don't pay them are there what are some other ways so the story's a great way to do it story's a great one Let's talk about something called the desire for mastery. Yeah, is that like because we want to be we want to be the best? What is that? Um, you know, it's not necessarily that we want to be the best uh, in terms of better than other people, but yeah. we want we inherently want to learn and get better at at stuff. I mean, if you think about you know all the things your 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 baby, your toddler, you know, how do you how do you learn to talk? How do you learn to walk? It's not because somebody was, you know, giving you lollipops or right. right? You wanted to. I mean, so we have this inherent desire to grow and learn more and do better at, at whatever it is we're, we're challenged with. And you can, uh, you can tap into that. There's certain things that you can do that strengthens that desire for mastery, and there's also certain things that you can do 
that will actually weaken that desire for mastery in other people. So okay. you want, it, it's, it's a great, you know, it's intrinsic motivation. It's internal to themselves. So it's great to get that going. Well, yeah, and it seems like all of a sudden, once you kind of have tuned into that, then these children or people that you're trying to work with, or yourself even, you're into something that probably matters to you significantly more than any external payoff. That's right. That's powerful. So, it'll let, so you'll work harder, and you and you won't give up easily, and it'll last for a long, long time. Yeah. We're so there's t- things you can do to stimulate that. Oh, I think, and and, and again, it's... It's so basic. I mean, you're you're not asking us to invent something and spend tons of money. You're just saying help people start to look mm, to their deeper right. purpose. I love but that. There's, there's, but there's a science behind that as yeah. well. There's a science behind all this. I know. That's why they call you the brain lady. <laughs> we're going to take a break. We're talking Go to the ahead. brain lady, for heaven's sakes. But we're going to come back and pick the brain of the brain lady. Yeah. She's going to teach us some more of the science behind um, motivational theory this desire for mastery, the power of belonging. There's other things that motivate people, folks, than just giving them a good meal or paying them a good paycheck. We've been trying to teach that to Skyboy forever, the meal side, that is. Someday we'll pay him for his work. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back learning more about the art of motivating others and the science that's behind it all. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the second hour of the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking motivation today. We're teaching you the great skills, the science behind how you motivate other human beings. You've heard on the show for years we've battled our cute staff, trying to figure out little ways to get more out of them. You know. And we finally found the answer. The answer is in Dr. Susan Weinshank. PhD in psychology, 30 plus years of experience as a behavioral psychologist, and she knows the brain. Clients call her the brain lady because she can match the research that's been done on the brain and and the science done on it and help us better understand how to predict and understand and explain what motivates people. She put it all together in her book. The book's a great book called How to Get People to Do Stuff. Um, and you can get that book, by the way, at theteamw.com. But she's taught us so far, rewards are great. They don't always work. She said another way to do it is to get into their self-story, the way they think about themselves, the kind of the, the integrated story they need about themselves. You know, challenge that a little bit or sometimes get them to go evaluate their story. And uh, now that she's back, she, uh, before the break, she was teaching us about another way to do this, which is... Um, this deeper desire for mastery. Tell us more about that, Susan. Yeah, yeah. So, so the idea is that we want to stimulate someone's inherent. They, everyone has an inherent drive to learn more and do better. So, it's all you have to do is do a few little things to kind of turn up the heat on that inherent drive. So, hmm. for example. One of the things that that makes people want to do more is if you give them some control over what they're doing. Yeah. 
So Huge. instead of micromanaging them, you want to give them autonomy. Uh, if you tell them exactly what they're supposed to do and exactly how to do it, then that, that's all external. won't get the, that intrinsic drive revved up. So you want to give them some uh, autonomy. Give them, make it, let them decide how they're going to do it and exactly what they're going to do. That's one. I love that. Another uh, thing is, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to just ask you about that. That makes so yeah. much sense, isn't it? Because the minute you tell somebody what to do, you, sometimes you can almost see that they just, all responsibility, all creativity, it's just, okay, now it's just a function of doing it. It's not even, I don't own it. I mean, I guess that's what happens right. to a lot of people in when we get in big corporations or big institutions. We kind of quit thinking for ourselves, which is not motivating. Right. Powerful. Right. Give autonomy. And, Keep going. Yeah, give them autonomy. Here's another one. They need a lot of feedback about how they're doing and whether, you know, and, and but interestingly, you got to give them feedback without praise. Huh. Okay? Like, so it feels praise. like, it feels like failure. I mean, that sounds horrible, but, it, but not praising no, it feels you like, to, you, know, you mean when you're giving, if yeah, you I mean, if you keep you praising, then praise? all of a sudden they're thinking, oh, I'm, I'm nailing it. Yeah. It's confusing. I'm trying to get better at what I'm doing. And and uh, I and I want you to tell me whether I did it right, whatever it is. I mean, let's say you're teaching someone uh, how to be a barista at a mm-hmm. coffee shop, yeah. right? And so it's like, okay, now they're going to try it, right? They're going to see if they can make the cappuccino the correct <laughs> way. So they need a lot of feedback about, you know, was that right? Is that right? Is that right? But, and so they need the feedback. They want the feedback if it's a desire for mastery because they want to get, they want to nail it. They want to get better at it. But if you are saying... If you say to them, well, you didn't clean out the filter right, but you're doing a good job. Yeah. It's like, well, which is it? Well, I guess I am mastering it, even though I'm not doing it right. I, yeah. I hope, am I mastering it or not? So it just confuses things. Are, so, are some, people so just, some people just seem like that, like being driven for mastery is so who they are. It's almost like with each one of these um, different motivating approaches, you, you could probably see it in the personality of the person that that's... That's a motivator for them. You, I mean, the mastery person, they seem like they'd kind of be the perfectionist. They'd kind of be the one that's always asking questions, wanting to do more, practicing on their own. You know, I think it's true that some people are inherently more into, you know, that that motivates them more than others. But I think a lot of whether it does motivate them or not is actually learned behavior. Huh. So when they were young, how were they taught? When they were young, were they given autonomy? Were they allowed to make some mistakes? Were they allowed to, to did they get a yeah. lot of feedback, but not necessarily, you know, with praise or punishment, just a lot of feedback. And so what happens is if you didn't get, if, if you didn't get the opportunity to be challenged and grow and try things out on your own when you were little, then you probably gave up. And mm-hmm. you, it's like, I don't even want to try. But it's possible, though, it's still in there. That drive is so inherent to who we are as humans. And even someone who's kind of been beaten down for years, it's still in there. It's just going to be harder to get it out of them. Uh, I love that. So you're basically talking about scientifically humans are humans. If we've been socialized and kind of socialized in a way that certain ways don't obviously work, you're saying it's still in us. The desire for mastery is still kind of a human basic need motivator yeah the self yeah. stories it's a human 
behavior that you can use to leverage. The reward is something that is inherent in the human. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. So these aren't just great ideas. There's there's some very deep, you know, science. Yeah. Man, who'd have thunk it? <laughs> Talk about, mm-hmm. um, I, to me, this, this other one you were going to mention, the power of belonging. Yeah. Seems like such a big deal, doesn't it? That, to me, seems like such a natural motivator for people. Yeah, because we have a real deep desire to be part of a group. I mean, we're part of several groups. You mm-hmm. know, but we have our family, uh, we have our immediate family, and maybe our extended family, and then our neighborhood, and, and then the, uh, you know, the, the book club that, that we belong to. And, right. and you know, uh, we, we really have a need to belong to these different groups. And we'll do a lot to be able to stay part of the group. We yeah. don't like excluding. <laughs> That's right. So people will do a lot to be part of a group. And, you know, you can, uh, and, and actually, you know, this one is so interesting. There's some research that shows that just the words you use will influence behavior. So th- this one researcher, he, his name is Gregory Walton, and he, he called people up before an election, and, and some of the times he said to them, are, are you going to be a voter in tomorrow's election? And then and sometimes he would say, are you going to go vote in tomorrow's election? Oh, interesting. And 11% more people voted when he said, are you going to be a voter? That's amazing, because that's an active function. That's a, a group. I'm, I, it's a descri- it's, uh, I'm a member of a group of voters. Yeah, well, and you get your little sticker. I voted. That's right. That's okay, right. I'm a member. Voted, but it's more that you're a member. It's more of that being part of a group. Uh, he, he did it with a lot of other things. But, you know, it's so interesting about belonging. Do you know that if you sing with a group of people, the people who are sit, like in a choir, uh-huh. everyone in the choir, their hearts start beating at the same rate? What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, we, you know, our... The sense of wanting to, if you, if you, when I give talks, I have, I have these drums, I have people come on stage and, and play drums together. And what we know about things like drumming, singing, dancing, uh, is that when you do that with uh, other people, it releases a chemical called oxytocin. Yeah, it's my favorite and, and chemical, makes, by the way. <laughs> and it makes you bond That's with huge. whoever you're around. So this you know, belonging, it's, a, it's physical and psychological. So you, we really want to be part of a group. You'd think if that were true, then when that one awkward kid passes out during choir, they'd all pass out. <laughs> I guess it's not true. Well, no, it's just one person that's okay. not enough. Isn't it neat, though? That's actually the, that belonging. There's the physiological manifestation of yeah. belonging. We're united. Yeah. We're, we are um, attuned to each other. That's right. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. Is um, and I guess that's interesting too because that belonging seems like what motivates people to go to gangs, what motivates people to, you know, go to certain churches or religious groups. I mean, it's this need and this desire to belong. And then it's it's reinforced because they do these things together that release oxytocin. Yeah, and then we like each other and we feel bonded and chemically connected then we come back the next week it seems like where that where this could get manipulative is when i'm trying to get you to do something but i care more that you do it so that i belong with someone else like i as a parent if you don't get your grades done 
if you don't do this one assignment, you're going to get an F. If you get an F, then I'm going to look bad as a mom. And when I go see your teachers, I don't want to look bad. So you know, we don't ever say this, but it seems like they would, they'd they probably be able to read what my motivation is for them, right? Yeah, so, even, if they don't, even if they don't understand consciously, unconsciously, they'll start to pick up. And, you know, that just isn't going to be effective. No. Because, you know, it's like, you know, basically, they're, again, a lot of it unconscious. They're going to say, hey, this is your problem. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah, if you want the grades, you go do the assignment, Mom. Yeah, you don't want to look bad in front of the teacher. That's your problem, right? <laughs> I don't have a problem. It's interesting, and I like that uh, humans, we get that. We know what someone's motive really is for us. Yeah. Sometimes I found yeah. the easiest way when I push too hard on one of my kids with one of the great motivating styles, I've noticed sometimes if I just take a break and let everything go away, dissipate, let the energy, let the stories go away, maybe it's a couple days, and then circle back um, and reset, they trust again. They just kind of know that that yeah. one didn't work, Dad. Nice try. <laughs> It's really an art, though, isn't it? So what you're actually teaching us is the science of it all, but then there's this art side where you have to read it right, and you have to pay attention, and you have to listen. Yeah, it, it's, you know, some of the things that I talk about in the book are, are you know, just very quick and easy, and anyone can implement. But a lot of it is, it does take, it does take some thoughtful use, and you have to, it's, it's, um, it's hard work. It takes vigilance. I, I I obviously think it's worth it. Uh, and, you know, my kids, I used all the stuff on my kids. How do they turn uh, out? They're great, of course. But, oh, they, yeah. They're perfect. <laughs> they, are, they, they are great. But they will, uh, sometimes my, my daughter will, I hope she's not listening, sometimes she'll look at, she's grown now, but she'll look at me and she'll go, you're doing that psychology stuff. Oh, Mom, you make me sick. <laughs> you know what's great about your book, too, is um, two things that I love. It's it's fully cited, so which shows kind of, you know, your academic side. So many times we get, you know, one of these pop psychology books that's just a bunch of gobbledygook, but yours is really, you've got the research involved in it. But you also, you're willing to also lay out strategies. You have like 100-plus strategies on different motivators, Um which gives us some tools, some ideas. Yes. It's yeah, not I enough to, to just... be practical. Yeah. You want to be practical, yet you're cited academically. So to me, yeah. you're walking the fine line. See, academically, they just run you out because you don't make a list of 100 things you do, for heaven's sake, Susan. You're an academic. <laughs> On the other side, you make the list, which is we've got to start getting the tools to people if we really want to change people and that's probably this that's just the behavioral psychologist in you yeah wanting to help probably. people hey tell me one more thing about uh yeah. what's wrong with just throwing money at them maybe if the best way to persuade some just throw money at them well you know the research actually shows that when you give people money it dampens their desire for mastery it really turns it right off yep. it just turns it off yeah because they want to be creative right, right right it's like oh Oh, I thought I was doing this because I cared. I was going to get better and I learned something, but I guess I'm just doing it for the money. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Do you, did you would you believe in giving um uh your kids what are they called? allowances? 
You know, I did give my kids allowances, but it wasn't tied to anything in particular. It's not like they got an allowance because yeah. they did their chores. I gave them an allowance because I wanted them to, to start to learn how to manage money. Hmm. And um, so they had fairly free reign. I, I left it that I could I could veto something if I felt it was, like, really bad for them. Yeah. Um, but basically, I wanted them to, to start to learn, you know, if I spend it all in one place, it's gone, and yeah. <laughs> no more, yeah. 30 days, etc. So, yeah. I love that. Um, we got about one minute, and we always like to ask our guests, uh, what would they say is the one thing? So if you had one thing that makes the biggest difference in motivating another human being, persuading them to do something different, what would you say is the one thing? I would say it is what we talked about first. See if you can get them to look at their self story. Yeah. And 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 give them some hints. It's very you know. Show them a video. Have them talk to somebody who's got a slightly different self story. Just just give them some ideas of what an alternate story might be. It's amazing how just a few little seeds oh, yeah. can take root and totally change. I love that. And I guess, too, be careful what story you give them. A lot of times as parents, we give them a story, don't we? We just shove one right down their throat. Please be careful. Don't look at them and say, we have the bad math genes. Yeah. We Townsend's don't don't do math. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. See? Yeah, great. Now I've got guilt. Thanks, Susan. (laughs) Guilt's always good. You're welcome. Guilt's a good mother. But I could change the story. I don't have to be guilty the rest of my life. Hey, appreciate you, Dr. Susan Weinshank. Go check out that book, How to Get People to Do Stuff. It's not not huge. It's easy to get through. Tons of ideas. And you got the the best of the brain lady in there. Um, Go check it out at theteamw.com. How to get people to do stuff. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about motivating others. Just had a killer uh, interview with Dr. Susan Weinshank. Uh, now we're moving on to Hannah Montana, who brought in, in an effort to motivate us, she brought in some pictures, gave Skyboy a picture of a chicken walking on water, and then gave me the same picture, but mine's half the size. So apparently she's trying to motivate us. Maybe she likes me more than you. Maybe I like you both the same, and I'm just trying to make you both feel special. We appreciate it. I feel very special. I feel a whole page picture special. I I think that's funny because I feel about an eighth of a page picture special. But I also got text, which you didn't get. I got a lot of text. Mine was addressed to Skyboy. For Skyboy. Self-addressed. Once again, just turn that red button off over there. We won't listen. You want me to turn yours off? Nope. (laughs) But here's the deal. This is what mine says. Do you ever feel like businesses are manipulating you for your money? Do you wish you could avoid these situations? Our very own Hannah Montana has some tips to avoid these sticky situations. Do you all remember that part in Mulan when she doesn't want to feed the chickens, so she hangs a bone just out of reach of her dog, who then runs around dragging, of course, the bag of food, and as a result feeds them for her? Well, I have a newsflash for you. 
In today's society, we are that dog and companies are trying to make us feed the chickens. Have you ever rented a red box? It's only a dollar, right? Wrong. At one point or another, we forget to return it and then $30 later, you have metaphorically fed the chickens. What about signing up for an online account with six months of free shipping? Who remembers that stuff? After a year of binding contracts and hundreds of dollars, bam, you have fed the chickens. What about gyms, timeshares? The list goes on and on. They promise false incentives and they are not going to stop anytime soon. But there is something we can do about it. Here are five tips and tricks to help you avoid getting into one of these sticky situations. Number one, always read anything you sign. Whether it's housing, a gym, or something small, most contracts come with hidden fees. If they are not in your budget, do not sign. Number two, keep track of your memberships. Most club memberships that claim they are month to month require 30 days written notice to cancel, and there's a cancellation fee if you quit before three months, which means you get either a yearly fee or charged for the next month. Number three, nine times out of 10, do not sign up for credit cards for free shipping. And by nine times out of 10, that means we should assume we are not the exception. Number four, need before greed. Don't make impulsive purchases. It may seem like a small amount, but it adds up and it can come back to bite you. Number five, regularly check your bank statements. If you are wondering where all your money is going, you may be losing it on things you may have forgotten. So make sure you're regularly checking your bank statements. I hope some of these tips and tricks help you to avoid losing your money and your time. They totally helped me. By the way, music was mesmerizing. <laughs> I feel it made like, it feel like I was on a farm. Yeah, yeah, like a like a magic farm in Narnia, where that chicken comes from. Okay, the um, one thing. See, they're trying to get you. They're going to get you. Companies get you. No, it's so annoying. I, I've fallen into the red box traps too many times, and I just get so angry, so yeah. mad. And then I'm like, I'll never run red box again. That happened to me twice in the past couple weeks, actually. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, I went to a Fool store. Fool me once. I went to a store, a store to buy some stuff. Yeah. And they said, do you want 10% off? Sign up for our membership or something like that. Yeah. They said it really fast. I was with a friend, and she can vouch that they did not tell me all the necessary information so i was like okay will it take long no just a couple seconds no but roll up your sleeve we're taking blood so i start <laughs> i start filling out then they like ask me for my social security number i was like why do i have to give them all this information and then uh afterwards um she's like okay you can go it's like do i have to pay and she's like oh no it's on your new credit card so i signed up for a credit card without realizing it the entire time <laughs> So then I had to like go through all these other steps to cancel the well, credit card. Well, of course they're not going to tell you. Yeah. She was they're like, not going to be like, hey, do you want to send them for a 10% see, off? It's That's manipulative. It yeah. I'm not going to name a place, but there's a place with a name. I won't name it. That they just keep giving you deal after deal. And then they'll give you more money if you buy. And then you get more. And then all of a sudden you've got all this money. And then there's discount days. And then you get five times the amount that you buy. And then they'll give you 20% more if you put it on a credit card or their credit card. I can't. I feel used. I feel feel like a monkey of their system because they get me in every day. Well, because if you look at the cancellation fees for a lot of contracts, what it is is you have to have 30-day written notice. Yeah. And so they they sell you with a no contract month-to-month kind of idea. 
and then they say, okay, we're going to give you this contract for month to month. But in addition to this cost, there's also this yearly fee that See? it that happens every three months. I know. Ooh, a monthly yearly fee. Yeah. So they're like every three months you get a quarter. Or, sorry, once once in the year, yeah. three months after you sign, you, you get, get the fee. a fee. But there's a cancellation fee if you cancel before three months, even though yeah. it's supposed to be month to See. month. So they're, they they just trip you up and that's take why you your money. always read before you sign anything. Always read the fine print, or uh, in your case, Sky, bring it to me. Okay, and I will help you. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Does that include homework? No, anything uh, that's legal. Okay. Um, but one of the keys to this is see they know what they're doing. They know how to motivate others because they actually got you to the table. They actually got you to buy. They got you something you wanted, and they've even gotten you given your social security number over. See, they know motivation. So that's why we're teaching you this. Now we just taught you what not to do. We're going to come back and we're going to teach you how to motivate your kids. Julie Nelson will be joining us. She's a motivational guru. She's the child whisperer. She can, she can connect. She's going to teach us the goods, how to get into the kids, motivate them their way. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back after this break right here on BYU Radio. back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're bringing it home. Last 26 minutes of the show, we decided to bring in who else but the child whisperer. Julie Nelson's joining us, wife, mother of five children, author of Parenting with Spiritual Power. She's, she's an educator. She teaches people how to be better parents, classes, at uh, Utah Valley University. She's done it all. She's been in the Wall Street Journal. We're just talking. She's been to Mexico multiple times. <laughs> you can find her at nelsonjuliek.com. Julie, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Glad to be back, Matt. You, uh, you, you bring in the goods today, how to motivate our kids. That's what we need to figure out. That's right, how to motivate our kids. Because I, I said earlier on the show, I have a friend that... Um, they give their kids like a candy bar if you hit a double. Mm-hmm. Just get on, buddy. We'll give you Burger King. <laughs> and that kid just works so hard for a hit. Yeah. My daughter was down in St. George, my oldest one, in a tennis tournament. And uh, she was on the longest match playing. I mean, it was back and forth, back and forth. And my friends were sitting next to us. And at one of the changeovers, the the husband of this other couple said to her, Catherine, I will just pay you a 20 to get this over with. <laughs> really? And she did. Did she get in and close it out? <laughs> she closed it. Isn't yeah. that interesting? Yeah. yeah. I'll pay you 20 bucks. <laughs> you take that girl out of the knees. <laughs> That's a different way. But see, motivating kids, um, we love them, so we don't want to break them. But we also are worried because we don't – they need to, you know, do your homework. Mm-hmm. I, I have a child right now that's like, nah, I don't know that school's for me. Yeah. And I'm like, well, get that idea out of your head. Of course it is. <laughs> it's true. for you for a couple more years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you do? Well, I liked what Susan, when you talked about earlier, I love changing your story. You yeah, know? don't you love that? And, and it's a part of our family culture. We are educated people in our family. This yeah. is what we do. Yeah. And right now, it doesn't seem very motivating because you can't see right now what use is this going to be for right. the rest of your life. Right. You know, but stick with it, buddy. And I, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, Matt, about – 
motivating children through two different avenues, and Susan touched on this, and that's the you know the rewards, instant yeah. reward, and that would is what I call it praise, okay, yeah. versus encouragement. And praise is so easy for us to do as parents. Right. You know, good job. You're great. Yeah, you're great. You're yeah. doing great. Um, but encouragement is so much harder to yeah. do, but it's what gets the lasting results. Well, I love just the word encouragement mm-hmm. has courage. Mm-hmm. And normally when you're praising someone, you're not thinking of courage. But encouragement's yeah. different, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because, you know, praise is easy. It's one of those kind of those Band-Aid patch-up things like, oh, good job with that. Way, way to go. Good job. It takes little effort, little yep. thought as a parent. And there's not a lot of intrinsic value in that in the in the kid. Right. And so if we go to encouragement rather than praise more often, I don't know. Praise is great. I'm yeah. not going to say throw it out because it's great. We use it's just, it. It's just temporary. It's temporary. And it's pretty superficial. But yeah. if we go more towards deeper, meaningful what would that look like? What does that, encouragement look like? That would like? be more child-focused rather than parent-focused. Now, if I'm saying good job, who's evaluating the effort? Yeah. I just did. Dad says good job. Yeah, yeah, I just did. So if I turn that around and be more child-focused, then I'll say, hey, how'd that, how'd that go for you? Interesting. How'd you feel about how you did on that project? You're trying I'm to tie t- it to them. Mm-hmm. And then I can help them and encourage them. But yeah, how did that did that feel? How'd it feel to do to stick with it right. when it was really hard? Yeah, you know that piece that pra- that you were practicing the other day, man. You started pounding the keys because you were so mad, but you took a break. You t- you went mm-hmm. back and you finished it. How'd that feel? I love that. I'm encouraging her t- to have the tenacity to finish something that's hard. Yeah, and same thing with homework that'll carry over because homework, you know, there's not a lot of reward there. No, but I'm learning that I can get through hard things and it feels good just to finish something um, because, you know, it makes me feel good that I can accomplish hard things. Well, what a great question to ask your kids after they finish their homework. So have you finished your homework? That's that's a question we ask 500 times a night. (laughs) When they finally say yes, Mm -hmm. then tie it down. So how does it feel? Mm -hmm. How does it feel to... And even more... I would say don't have – exploit their dependence upon us because kids want – they're pleasers. Yeah. Most kids are pleasers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we don't want to have them look to us for every thought, feeling, and action. Yeah. How How is this – how am I doing? Does this look good, mom? Yeah. Look at my homework. Look at my paper. Right. How is this good, dad? Is this good? And have us evaluate it. Yeah. That's parent-focused. But if we're child-focused, we want to not steal the delight that they can have in them evaluating their own work. <laughs> and so you want – instead of saying, dad, how do you like my picture, turn it to say, you know, you did this. How, how do you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, just flip it back flip on Flip it them. back on them. What if your kid, because see, my kids never close the loop like that. They never, they, they don't <laughs> seem to care if we validate and they just, so we have to track them. Did you do your homework? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Or like, what is yeah. that? What does that look like? You know, what is it? What is doing your homework look like? So you ask the you question have, and get see, them back talking again. Yeah. And the other thing is you have to be a lot more involved. You you see, it's easy to praise because mm-hmm. they just show you the paper. Good job. Yeah. Put it in your backpack. But a, a parent who encourages is there for the process. Right. Rather than the product. Tell me what's the what's the because it's what you're explaining sounds right, feels right. Mm-hmm. But it's also it sounds like a lot more work. Oh, it is. Good so parenting always is. I know. That's the problem, know. huh? Mm-hmm. It, but that's the payoff. What's mm-hmm. the payoff in the end mm-hmm. if I make it about child? It's it's about you, son. How did you do? How did you feel? What do you think? You have kids that are self-assured who know who they are. They know their abilities and they 
Know that the attributes that they gained along the way、yeah. are life skills, rather than the homework that was okay. They got an A and that's done. Yeah. Now, getting the homework, you know, done and getting the A is fine. That's、yeah. fine. But what did they learn along the way? You're standing there next to them, going, "Man, you know," while you're over their shoulder and they're working on that math, and it's just making them go crazy. Man, you're working hard、yeah. on that. Look at look at how much patience you've look got. Look how far you've gotten. Yeah. Yeah, look how much. Or when they're practicing the piano, you practiced five times this week. That's phenomenal. What do you think about that?、Yeah. That's remember how last year you didn't want to practice one time. Remember how you couldn't even you know do twenty minutes. Interesting. Look at the progress you've made. You know how to stick to the task. Now the motivating thing there is they're hearing you say stick to the、yeah. task. You've got patience. You've got tenacity. That to a child tells them the encouragement they need to stick with anything in life. That's the that, and you're helping them rebuild that story. I mean,、mm-hmm. they're actually creating a healthier story、mm-hmm. that they own. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So you have to be there along the way for the process. You can't ignore the child until the end, right? And then say good job. Oh yeah. You got to be there along the way and give encouragement. And because you know, if you just wait till the end, Matt, only one person's going to get the blue ribbon. One、right. person's going to be the class president.、Yeah. Only one person's going to win the race. Does that mean everyone else is a loser? Right. No. No. So if I wait till the end to say good job, if you're the winner, does that mean everybody else is a loser because they got、no. second and third place? No. Because so if I'm along the way, I'm in the race. I'm along the side of the the sides of the race, going, you can do it. You're working、yeah. hard. You're not giving up. That's what the the race is more important than who. Cross the finish line first. You need.、Uh, are you? Can you just give everyone your phone number? Because <laughs> wouldn't it be great if we could all just call you and say, "Okay, what do I say now? What do I say now?" Well, you know, but the spirit of it, it is, we can do it.、In. We、get、can do、in. it. Get in there. Think of yourself as a soccer coach. A soccer coach is going to say, "Yeah, good job, good da da da." But he's also going to say to them long-lasting reward things like, "Hey, you kicked this ball, ball so much more accurately than、yeah. you did last week." Did you see how you did that? And、yeah. the child's going to evaluate and go, "Oh yeah, I can see where I'm making improvement." Because the coach wants them to stick with them all、totally. season long,、yeah. and not quit because it's hard. I love that.、Yeah. I always asked、uh, when I was a world class basketball coach for my <laughs> son's little league team.、Uh, by the way, not, you know, we took tournaments and stuff. No big deal.、Um, I'd always ask when they came out, when they came after a timeout or whatever, over for a timeout. I would always first question I'd ask: Tell me what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing out there? What are you noticing? I always wanted them to come back looking and noticing. I'm noticing they keep collapsing the boards. I notice they're doing this. I know they're doing this. I notice. And what's amazing about it is, a, you're getting the data, but you're also you're getting them focused on noticing. Yeah. So I call that mirror talk, Matt. So if a child comes to me and says, "What do you think of this?" Um, let's just take a, a piece of paper for example. That's easy to do. Okay, so they've drawn a picture. Yeah. Do you like this picture? I turn the picture around and use it as a mirror and say, "I see a lot of reds on here. What do you see in here? Tell me about this picture. How now, long?" Now, you're, this person that you're talking to is not 18. No. I'm、okay. talking four. Okay, I was going to say because if I can, said that to my eighteen, but you can use this on any okay、like、any situation. I'm turning it around. You turn it around. Like so they're looking at it. Yeah. So you're saying I see the lot.、Yeah. Tell me about what you see. I love so, that. Same thing when you pulled your child、yeah. out. What What do you see yourself doing? In,、yeah. Like say it's a they're in a,、yeah. a performance、uh-huh. and they're going to rehearsals. What do you see up there? Who's Who's putting out their hundred percent? Are you one of those people? 
um, and I might say to them, tell me about how you're feeling about your, yeah. how you're doing. How much better do you feel you are than the last week? Yeah. You know, and so they're evaluating themselves and you're holding up that mirror. So they look at themselves and they see themselves. But it's almost like it's just rather than they look at you all the time. We want to. I think we think that's being a good parent is being the rah rah. Mm-hmm. So we pump. Hey, you're amazing. <laughs> that's the most incredible picture I've ever seen. But like Susan was telling us earlier that we. Be real too. Well, and you could be you can raise praise junkies. Yeah. So they so basically, a, a praise junkie is someone who has to look at their parent all the time. Yeah. How about That's, now? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So praise, I say, is more a value judgment. Okay, such as you got such good grades. I'm so proud of you. That's the focus on the parents' feelings. That's I'm valuing yeah. that. You've accomplished what I need you to do That's right. to be a good. Now, an encouragement child. would be turn around, do the mirror talk again. Yeah. Matt. You say, look at your grades. How do you feel about them? Yeah. How hard did you work on that on that B, man? Uh-huh. I saw it, the chemistry, man. That was a killer. What did you? How did you feel about that? You know, then you're asking your child about their feelings because they're not going to be with you forever. You want right. them to be as an adult, knowing how they feel about their efforts and yeah. having a realistic look at how their efforts are. Sure. And not you know, uh, but their parents inf- inflated. Uh huh. Feelings and thoughts were the uh, the praise junkie is a big deal, and that might be a big problem we're having as parents today, huh? Because mm-hmm. our kids think anything negative that's said, we all kind of think is like, well, that's just bad parenting. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be real. Yeah, and I and I try to in my own vocabulary. I, I say a lot. I'm so proud of you. I mean, we all do that, but I try to change it as often as I can and say, I am so happy for you yeah. because you did so well. I know how hard you worked on that test. So you pointed out. A her hard work, a work ethic, mm-hmm, a character mm-hmm, trait, mm-hmm. not just a success, a completion, or a badge or a winning right, trophy. Right, right. Because we want them to again be motivated to stick to the task. So you have things such as look at the effort you put into making that model airplane. You were de- you were determined. I see you. You are so determined to get this done. You never gave up, even when it broke. Yeah. So never giving up, being determined. The effort, that's the, that's the encouragement. Yeah. What if they're super – like what, what if there's no effort? What if there's no movement? What if there's – like, man, you're sure tenacious in your avoidance of this activity. I've never seen such tenacity. I mean it's – at some point you're like, I need to see something. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Well, you know, I mean, they, maybe it's me not seeing it, right? That could be me only seeing that they're not doing it. Yeah, and it may not be that thing is as motivating to them. Maybe as I, there's to something you. else they're doing instead yeah. that I right. could point out. Right? Yeah, you really work. I can see you really like much more doing X Y Z X Y Z rather than this. This is really motivating yeah. for you, isn't it? You like that a lot better, don't you? Then, then you throw this in there. You tell me, Julie, because you're the pro. Then you say, "Hey, and if you ever want to do it again." You better get back into your homework right now or dad's going to crunch you. <laughs> Stuff like that. That would not be the parent whisper. Okay. What would the parent whisper? What would the, the child whisper? Whis- the, the, chi- the child whisper, that's yeah. what I call it. Yeah. The child whisper would not – now, okay, for, okay let's, let's be real. There are some household tasks that I loathe. Yeah. I do not like to iron. What? Okay. My husband loves it. I'm a great ironer. Okay? If you need anything ironed, yeah. call me. And he's me. really good at loading the dishwasher. I can do that. Okay. But there's things that I love, such as mopping the floor and what? cleaning the bathroom. You do? Okay? Yeah. 
But oh, does that mean? Boy. Yeah. Does that mean we have to love everything equally? No. no. So some children just can get through through some things and do the best they can. Yeah. Can it slap? You know, do yep. it and then get on to what they love. Yeah. It's okay. But because I love that thing, doesn't mean that they have to no, love it true. and put in a hundred and ten percent. And that just do the best and get on to what you love. Yeah. You know, it's okay. We don't have to all think equally. Man. Yeah. I hope my kids aren't listening. <laughs> But remember, be be more part of the process than the outcome, than the product. You know? I love that. Yeah, because, you know. They need to learn the process. Yeah. Outcomes come and go. Yeah. And the process, for instance, the same daughter. Okay, so the tennis player. This is another. that One, one season, she did not win one game. Well, not until the very end. So she and her doubles partner, every game they go, we lose, we lose. I'm sitting there <laughs> watching her lose every game. Yeah. But, you know, what do you celebrate? I'm there and I'm watching her make in her yeah. second serve. Yeah. I'm making in her first serve. She's getting a tan. She's, she's... <laughs> <laughs> hey, your tan looks great. How <laughs> no. oh, is that shallow? No. Okay. Good. Just you, help me, Julie. But I'm, I'm there along the way for the process. You're getting in more of your first serves. You yeah. Know? Or you got this many points. Yeah. Or look how you and your, your your doubles partner are playing together. You're cheering her on even when she misses it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Those are things. See, being a team player is a lifelong skill. Whether or not she wins a game or it's not so does true. not matter. Yeah. Now, when she finally did win that last game of the season, it was like, whoa! Well, and somebody made yeah. 20 bucks. <laughs> that was a different thing. Okay, because that actually makes them a professional, yeah, yeah. which takes them to a different level. <laughs> that, was, that was different. But, you know, she won that game. It was awesome. We all celebrated. But the thing that she learned that season yeah. we talked about along the way the process was yeah. way more valuable see we got to think bigger picture don't we yeah. we got to think longer term mm-hmm. process not product mm-hmm. out encouragement more than just junk praise junkie yeah yeah and You're here's good. here's the thing also matt is it's not just me talking this is research a large body of research uh shows that the even the more children hear praise the less likely they are to stick with that task they lose interest once the praise is passed. You know, that's Susan talked about the mastery, the power of mm-hmm. mastery. We want to master it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, too much praise might make it like, ah, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem to be, I guess I've got it. Right. And it passes. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's transitory. It's, uh, it's not intrinsic. And we want kids who care about it because it's something that they yeah. did, not something that I did for a reward that lasted for two seconds. Right. And that's what human beings need. They need to feel that sense of contribution, um, like she said, belongingness, right. of being part of the story. Uh-huh. Um, and if it's just praise, then that's just me telling you what I value. Yeah. And it may not be what you value. See, that's all fast food. Yeah. That's just us trying to, hey, you want a nugget? <laughs> Here's a nugget. Sure, I could make you a salad and be healthy, but just eat your nugget. Mm-hmm. I... Uh, I love it. Julie, it's almost like you've um, studied this stuff. Maybe. I think it's more that you have five kids. Could be. And a husband. Yeah. Great one at that. Do you think your husband's okay with um, how you worked me over today? Because remember how last time he got all mad because um, – not mad. He didn't get mad. But he's like, you got to be nicer to Matt. I know. He didn't want me asking you the questions. He said, this no. is Matt's show. Well, I called him and told him to tell you that. And he <laughs> – I guess he got the message across. <laughs> No, that was great. I love how you just teach me. No, it's no. I'm it's glad really to cool. be here. You're the best. We're going to take a break. You need to get ready, though, Julie, because we're going to come back to what we call story time. Mm-hmm. Story time is when we tell our stories of when we were tricked by someone else into doing something. Kind of like me getting into this studio with you? Uh-huh. Okay. Total trick. And actually how you end up bringing us food all the time. Okay. A lot of times that's just tricks. <laughs> tricks and manipulation that we um, that we play. 
poor Julie. Go check out Julie Nelson's website, uh, Julie or no Nelson Julie K. Letter, letter K. Letter K. Now we really need to get you a new one. I know. I'll work on it. Okay. NelsonJulieK.com. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back for story time. Wrapping up the show. Today we've been talking about motivating others. We thought at the very end of the show today it might be fun to have story time. Story time is when we we all just kind of grab a blanket. Some milk. Listen, Julie starts snoring. Uh, and we just tell our stories about when somebody tricked us, manipulated us, and got us to do something. Please keep your stories clean and appropriate. And Bryce, let's start with you. So one time. So I am a single person. I am one unit. Okay. Duh. Right? Yeah. Which means airports are really easy for me. Yeah. In and out. Boom. It's it's really kind of nice. You I move don't, like the wind. I don't have to wrestle people. I don't have to gather stuff up. Right. I can really kind of pack light. So uh, I had a flight and I, uh, I was totally ready to get there. I, I was giving myself like 20 minutes. Did someone but, say, hey, will you carry my bag of no, illicit no, drugs? No, 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 no. So my parents say, oh, the, the flight is leaving at this time i yeah. was like oh, okay well then how about i uh, uh we'll, we'll go there at this time 20 minutes early because it was uh, the omaha airport and it's not very big yeah how hard could that be um well turns out that was not actually the time that the flight was leaving yeah. it was leaving a few hours later actually it was leaving two hours you were later. played by and your guess, mom and dad guess how long it took me to get through the airport Five minutes. Two minutes and 43 <laughs> seconds. Because when I got there, I realized what time it was, and I said, I'm going to prove the worst point to all of you. That is, that's every Sunday dinner at my family. They say, you better be there at 4, and we get there at 4, freaking out. Actually, we get there at 420. And, and it starts, starts at 6. Starts at, but you're all there. Yeah, well, just my family. They're, and that's they're, what they're, matters. They only tell my family to come early. Anyway, I was ticked. That's rude. Man, I'm sorry you went through that. Uh, Hannah Montana, you got a funny story, or not a funny, just a sad, tragic time when someone. No, took this advantage. is mostly funny. Okay. So there's 11 children in my family, so it's a big family. Huge. Yeah, and so on Sundays after dinner, my dad would always take a nap, and then he'd always get mad because he'd fall asleep on the couch, and all the kids were really noisy, and he's like, "Can you please be quiet?" We'd always say, "Dad, please go sleep in your room." <laughs> and so he said to us that if we could all carry him up to his bed, that he would never sleep on the couch again. That was a lie. It was such a lie. It took us like an hour because we were all really little and my dad's like a big guy. <laughs> and so there's like 11 little children trying to drag him up the stairs and he still to this day sleeps on the couch. So That's pretty funny. Isn't yeah. that when we lost one? <laughs> we lost one, one of our One just kids. got smashed. Where did Billy go? <laughs> what a fun dad though. That's fun. Yeah, it was, it's funny. So. Oh, I want your dad carrying him up the stairs. Okay, Julie, you got one? It's a sad one. It scarred me for life. Really? So I was a senior in high school, and this lady calls me up and says, oh, some of your other friends, and she named them by name, have <laughs> told me that, well, they've had a cooking show in their house, and they want to know if you'd want to do a cooking show in your house. You can invite your friends, and we'll put on some great great little food for you and serve it. All your friends, yeah, Miss Gullible Me. Who doesn't want a cooking show? Yeah. yeah. So I invite all my friends over. So she she shows her pots and pans it is a demonstration of pots and pans to buy. Oh, man. And she cooks 
peas. That is her food. That, that, was, that, was, that, was, the, that was the food that we're supposed to consume. That I'm like telling my friends, oh, we're going to have a meal. Okay, <laughs> the peas in a pot because she wants to show how, how great these pots and pans are <laughs> over my stove. And he then, and then she goes on. Then she goes on and wants to sell these things like yeah. hundreds of dollars to these high school seniors. And we're like, um, I don't got ten dollars. Yeah. Yeah, I was so embarrassed. Oh my god. I had the same thing with um, knives. Yeah. And they kept saying, "Do you have a penny?" I'm like, why? Do you have a penny? Yeah. <laughs> Can I borrow a penny? Yeah. You got to see this. I gave him a penny. He cut the penny in half with a pair of scissors. And then you reported him to the Treasury I'm Department. Like, you know, that's illegal. <laughs> but I'm like, we don't cut pennies here. <laughs> like, what? We don't need this. I don't cut things that hard. He said, he said his was just, I just wanted to show you guys something. Can I just show you guys mm-hmm. something? Mm-hmm. And he was a friend. We're like, sure. What do you, what do you want to show us? And he pulls out this, like, 20 things, and then he starts cutting pennies and cutting stuff. Net, net loss on everyone's part except him. Yeah. 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 I think he even cut himself. So I'm thinking, great, lawsuit. <laughs> now I'm going to get sued by the knife guy. <sighs> it's sad. Tricked. We've all been tricked. Yeah. Manipulated. Mm-hmm. Merritt, you got one. You got 12, 30 seconds. Ooh, that's a short amount of time. Yeah, when I... Um was in high school my church would organize girls camp where you yeah. go out with weed hey send the, the girls, girls up Yay. to camp i didn't really like it at all well it's dirty and so the last year i was really excited because i was in college that summer and i was like i am through with yeah. this and then one day one of the girls shows up to my door saying here's what the responsibilities we have for you for girls camp they totally guilted me into it because by then they were depending on me they so you. yep see it's l- pretty bad <laughs> oh that's sad for you it was sad. Did you for enjoy me. camp though? Not a ton. No. Did you sing Kumbaya? I think we did actually. So. See how that works, and everything's good. Once you can end <laughs> with Kumbaya, everything's better. Life is very good. That wraps it up, folks. Motivating. Okay. Don't trick. Don't manipulate. Motivate. Get into them. Understand the people around you. Find out what makes them tick. Thanks for joining us, folks. Again, listen to us again tomorrow right here on BYU Radio. We'll be back Monday with more tools, more ideas to help you see the good in life. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio.